random encounter at a broadcasting facility. A shared interest and love of all things Marvel. Excelsior! A misinterpreted program title. And behold, a podcast is born. Peter Melnick. Podcaster and comic book enthusiast. And Eddie Wilson! Upstate New York radio announcer, still with an inordinate amount of catching up to do. Peter! What are you doing? Here we go with a new episode of The Marvelists. Welcome everyone to The Marvelists Presents No Eye Patch Required, a secret invasion podcast. I'm Peter Melnick. I'm Eddie Wilson. And joining us on the other end of the tin can and string, we are joined with Stu Greenberg of the Stuinit Podcast, the, uh, the Garden State's own. Yes, hello everyone. I'm glad to be back, especially about this exciting Marvel event, which I think is now the 72nd of the year, but still very exciting. Well, uh, last time we talked to you, Stu, was uh, on a movie review, I think, correct? Not too too long ago? Guardians, wasn't it? Or no, no, he was on Guardians. We had Mitch Halleck. Yeah, we had Mitch on that one, and he was... What was Let him answer. He knows better yeah, than I, we do. Yeah, you're an Ant-Man, weren't you? I was on Quantumania. There we so. go. See, it was just it's that little. I couldn't see. Never mind. Oh, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. No, but it's a good movie. So, first off, before we even talk about the episode at hand, let's actually talk about the elephant in the room in regards to the episode of episode one, titled Resurrection, mm. or to quote the uh, the Ghetto Boys. I think it was the Ghetto Boys. Back up in the ass with a resurrection. Anyway, so, I love Office Space. It's a good movie. Oh. Okay. I digress. Uh, yeah. With Resurrection, the elephant in the room is my ass. No, um, is the whole issue of these... AI-generated title sequence, and I am also of the mindset I don't like the fact that they did not hire an actual team to do this because it's kind of shitty to do because it takes artists out of it and gives uh, technology the credit, and it still doesn't look that good. I'll be completely honest, it looked like raw ass. Uh... It wasn't good. Like When I mentioned it to you, Eddie, the whole... uh, the whole intro of that didn't seem very memorable to you, did it? No, and it yeah, also see? didn't hit me the way it hits you because of what you choose to try to do in this life. Yeah, and, and, and well, it's I don't pe- do intros. putting some, you know, people, out of work, people out of money. But I will also, but I will also say this, ladies and gentlemen. While I yes am a part of the whole anti AI art and anti AI everything, EIO. I yeah, I am also one of those people that I can't stand hearing about the complaints anymore. Yeah, so. You can be like little Lisa Simpson, whining and bitching about something, but guess what? I don't care anymore, and I am anti-AI, but I also don't need to hear about your hot take with AI, ironically, as I give a hot take about the anti-AI. But <laughs> Okay, so let me give you my hot take about the AI. I, I, I think that AI is a tool and is appropriate when the task at hand uh, needs kind of AI, when, yep. whenever you have a lot of data that you need to organize, things of that nature. But I don't understand why they chose to use AI with this particular streaming series, because I don't think, as far as I can tell from the first episode, you know, AI is not going to be part of the story arc. And it just seemed very jarring to me. And also, you know, I don't want to say what you've been saying about it, but it did not look good. It, it, it looked muddy, and 
unattractive. And so I just, I don't know what, if they were using AI to save money or if they were using it to make a statement, but it just seemed off the mark to me. Maybe it was born out of the idea of the end of the She-Hulk series with the whole Kevin uh, abbreviated device, whatever that was, thingy. I think the whole uh, segment, the uh, intro was designed to be a statement about the whole, you know, scroll. It's not real. They're not real humans, blah, blah, blah. Like, I get that. Like, they're, I can almost guarantee that was done as a statement as opposed to, like, you know, what the next project is going to be. It's not going to be that. And I, I just don't think that is, in fact, the case. Mm-hmm. So... In regards to the Secret Invasion show, by the way, this is, in fact, the very first episode, and we're going to look it up right now. It's going to be a six-episode miniseries. So it's going to be, well, right. not really, a, I like how they're calling it a TV series. It's more of an event. It's kind of an event like, you know, V was back in the day, or Roots, or the It miniseries. It's just an event. So that's what it is. That would kind of correspond to the comic book run at least in the name the title of it and stuff yeah so like there's not going to be secret invasion season two although marvel (sighs) recently did a secret invasion event yet again although come on why are you going to do secret invasion without our boy brian michael bendis bmb needs to be there and they're just labeling it season one because that's what you do yeah they normally do that with a lot of these and i feel like once the once the quote-unquote series is or not quote-unquote series once the series is over then it'll go switch off of that because i believe wandavision doesn't have season one listed on there anymore it's just you know a complete uh event the other question i have is this episode was 54 minutes are the rest going to be similar i guess i hope they're shorter i mean 45 would work i think a half hour might be too short but 45 might not be bad I'm fine with that either way. Although I will say what I really appreciate about this is a lot of returning characters from the very end of Age of Ultron. Recently I was watching uh, AEW Collision on TNT. And right beforehand I saw the tail end of Avengers Age of Ultron. And everybody sitting there in the uh, Avengers training ground was Scarlet Witch. We had, you know, for the future of the Avengers, the Vision. You have uh, Rhodey and you have the Falcon, all of which are stars of the uh, Disney Plus stuff. So it's kind of cool to see, like, once you realize that, it's like, oh, no Hawkeye, though, because he's apparently going to retire on his farm with his hot wife. Yeah. So good for him. But he didn't retire on a farm with his hot wife. He's, the hot wife is still there. But yes, she is, holding down the, the, the fort, so to speak. Yeah, and she, you know she was in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Mm. She played the uh, otter. Oh, whoa, 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 okay. Mm-hmm. Whose name I don't remember right now. The otter, the otter, um, otter box, feels. No, I'm thinking of teeths. Yeah, that that was the walrus. Then that was the walrus. The otter was. Lila. Flora, Lila. Oh, Lila. Okay. Flora was the bunny. The okay. By the way, if you have not seen uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, what the hell are you doing? What what are you waiting for? Oh. Go and go while you're at it. Go see uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which, by the way, is a part one. And also, ladies and gentlemen, a lot of you out there have been asking. Spider-Verse in your uh, back catalog <laughs> well we never did an episode and that was mostly just because of the fact that well we didn't want to do it at that time but now since we have a sequel and it's part one what we're going to end up doing is we're going to end up doing Spider-Verse and Across the Spider-Verse parts one and two next year on the award winning Marvelous Podcast what he said yes no uh, Peter I love that that whispering it goes along with the whole secret theme yes it absolutely does that's fantastic <laughs> It's pretty good on my voice, too, right now. It doesn't, you know, really put much emphasis. 
Yes. Uh, all right. It's his way like of covering. This would. It's his way of just covering up that yeah we we messed up. Yeah, we really did. That was back in 2018. We mm-hmm. could have done the episode. We still haven't done Venom either, or Let There Be Carnage, or whatever the hell that was called. But I really don't want to do those because I don't give a <laughs> shit. I mean, you can check us out on the Kinoplex, uh, Kinocast over on YouTube, where I talk about Venom and Venom Two. Mostly Venom One was pretty okay, kind of shitty. But all right. I raise your hand if you are listening in the car and like thought the total audio went out. Oh no, it didn't. I'm just whispering like a jackass. Yeah. Anyway, I digress, ladies and gentlemen. Back to the show at hand. So anyway, we're talking about Secret Invasion, Episode 1, Resurrection. Nick Fury learns of a clandestine invasion of Earth by a faction of shape-shifting scrolls. Easy for you to say. I tried. And we get what I think looks like the same lettering or font as Winter Soldier when it starts off by saying Moscow, present day. Oh, so... Not Winter Soldier, Civil War. That's when there's like the big ass text on the screen. And you know, twenty. I we've okay. said it on the show before, okay. but when we talked about uh, Civil War, that was the year 2016 of big ass text lo- specifying a location on the screen. Mm-hmm. Because over on AMC, the show Preacher debuted based on Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon's smash hit comic. Well, the com the comic was great. The show sucked, but in regards to that, that was literally one of the biggest uh, recurring trends of that show was the big ass text on the screen saying like the location like when Tulip shows up and they play uh, Carly Simon which is one of my favorite scenes in the whole series uh-huh. too bad the show sucked uh-huh. yeah what are you gonna do Arse face was ruined I, I actually guess. liked it it's okay I'm... to like a show <laughs> it's expanding from a movie and a show and now the okay well, yeah but okay we get a to time like a uh... breakfast sandwich <laughs> we, we get a little timestamp reference when we see Ross Agent Ross and uh, Prescott about a 30 years ago, Carol Danvers and Nick Fury dealing with scrolls and knew about scrolls. So I think it kind of puts us into where we are in the uh, timeline, so to speak. I was really glad to see Talos make his return in this because, to be completely As honest. As a human. Yeah, not just yeah. that, but like the actor is good. Mendelssohn is really, really good. Mm-hmm. And. You know, he's kind of. I like the voice he uses for this because, as a fan of, you know, his portrayal in Star Wars Rogue One, I just like seeing more of Ben Mendelssohn. Ben Mendelssohn is a fantastic actor and. Fingers crossed nothing happens to him. And obviously, I'll just say it now, spoilers for a show that, you know, you shouldn't even be listening to this at this point if, you know, you don't want the show spoiled, but I digress. Mm-hmm. Uh, in regards to this episode, you know, we see the death of Maria Hill. Didn't think that'd be happening. Oh, that. Oh, yeah. boy. But what I'm getting at is I hope we don't see that with Talos. Like, I want to see him show up in more things. And it's kind of funny. You know, I had a conversation with a friend, and I'm, I completely disagreed with this about this but in regards to having the Skrull invasion right now, when all the multiverse stuff is going on, and you know, he said to the effect of it's going to confuse audiences, and I call bullshit on that because mm-hmm. you look at comic books, and so many different plots are going on that one, you don't one, you don't have to read everything, which is a great thing. Like mm-hmm. I strictly stick with you know street level stuff and the occasional cosmic stuff. I don't do the team books. I don't do this. I don't do that. But I most certainly do the other thing. You know what I like. So you have all these different events. Like Marvel has big events going on at all times. And I don't think, you know, this storyline is going to confuse people because you have Moon Knight. How is Moon Knight tied into the MCU, Eddie? Uh, <laughs> loosely. And it's quote-unquote loosely, even though it's an MCU product and project. But we don't know what the ties are right now, no. and it can be its own standalone thing. Secret Invasion can be its own standalone thing and you can have multiple plot threads going on it doesn't matter so to see this going on like oh it's not connected to the multiverse stuff and 
You can have yeah, characters your, go your off in other, is, you know, directions. Well, in this case, it can go uh, either way because of the, the Ms., Ms. Captain Marvel movie. Yeah, but does Intr- ca- introduction of scrolls there? Will that have much of a connection to multiversal stuff? I don't see that happening. Mm. Right. So who knows? But I don't think you know the audience is gonna be like, oh, duh, I can't. I don't know what's going on, Bobby. Well, back to you saying at the end of the episode about the death of Maria Hill, we find out in uh, Ross saying he was very sorry to Talos that I I implied or thought that he's saying his wife died. Yeah. By the way, I want to throw it out there. I am so damn glad that Martin Freeman is back as Everett Ross. He's great. He is one of my absolute favorite characters. And when Chadwick Boseman passed away, R.I.P., what got me about that was I was worried, are we ever going to see this guy's uh, character again? And I'm glad that, you know, they're like, okay, we can, you know, throw him in here in this kind of position and in this kind of uh, capacity. That's perfectly fine. I loved that because Freeman's a great actor. He's fantastic. One of his most underrated roles is uh, as the role of Arthur Dent in The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy from 2005. Deep, deep, deep recommend. And apparently not a lot of people know about that movie. So... Does pretty damn good justice to the work of the late great Douglas Adams, mm. but you know to see Martin Freeman in the MCU, oh boy, that was kind of cool to see, mm-hmm. and to see him still continue the role, because Everett Ross in the comics is much more of a comedic foil. Like he's he's the uh, dopey straight man to you know all of the chaos and you know comedic elements that are going on in the world of Marvel, especially you know being the uh, coming in as an outsider and seeing the world of Wakanda, you know as a you know, as he calls himself in the uh, issue number one of Black Panther, a white boy. So <laughs> really, <laughs> it's kind of cool to see you know that element of what's going on, and I'm glad to see Ross is back. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. Oh, I was given the pause for uh, for Stu to come in. <laughs> Are you going for the pause no, for I, my cats? I, I I agree, and I think that what you really have to have in these movies is a uh, audience stand-in that basically, you know, a, a, a normie that is looking at the action going on and commenting it as, you know, the normal person would. So yeah. so I think Ross does a good job. I mean, Freeman is a, is a charming actor. You know, I, I was glad to see him too, but I want to roll back a little bit and say how weirdly upset I am about the death of, or I assume it's the death of Maria Hill, or maybe it's not, or, you know, it doesn't look good for her. But I was so excited to see her back, and also her back as kind of a more advanced character, not in, like, the, you know, the the super, you know, science suit uh, uniform, but more as a, a fully realized human being. And then for her to get, you know, shot like that by a, a scroll impersonating Fury that made perfect sense, but it, it was a surprisingly emotional gut punch for me, yeah. as, as, as it was for her with the bullet being in oh. her gut. So. <laughs> yeah, true. And I said, No, oh, please, no. And then I think uh, the very last shot you're kind of pulling back, uh, looking down at Maria, and then seeing the ever expanding pool of red. Yeah, that under. didn't look good for her, mm-hmm. but yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's a comic book property, so who knows. Yes, exactly. But, yeah, we can keep everything crossed that that's not going to be her end. And, you know, much like Secret Invasion is the whole point of, in the comics, you know, these scrolls, like characters that are there that we didn't know, you know, they, these characters are scrolls and we didn't know it this whole time. 
characters in here are debuting that we don't realize. You know, we have a lot of connections like, what's it called? Uh, the character of uh, Fallsworth, uh, Olivia, with Olivia Coleman's uh, character, Sonia Fallsworth. She's connected to Union Jack. So oh, we'll really? see, you know, a lot of things like that. You realize, oh, somehow, some way, the invaders have a connection to this. And I kind of like that element of we really don't know what's going on. Like, you look at, you know, the very first Incredible Hulk, which now is on the award-winning Disney+. Plus. Uh, you look at that movie, and on there, you have, like, The Thinker shows up. You have, uh, it was well, not The Thinker, The Leader? Leader. The big, the big-ass head guy. Mr. Green, Mr. Blue, yes. Yeah. And then Sam... Um, Witwicky, yeah. yes, from Transformers 1, 2, and 3. There, okay. But, uh, no, uh, starring Shia LaBeouf. Star of Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Dun, da, dun, dun, That's Shia right. Shia LaBeouf. Dun, da, dun, Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> so in regards to all of that with these connections, you know, we're seeing that. And we're also getting that with a lot of the scrolls themselves, you know, with Mendelssohn being Talos. You have uh, Amelia Clark's character, Gia, who is... A scroll herself. Spoilers, folks. <laughs> Just a heads up for that. Yeah, Gia Guy. Was that uh, that's Natalos' daughter? Yes, and Got it. the character I believe makes her debut in the Meet the Scrolls miniseries. Which where is the, that? I, from uh, 2019. It's written by uh, Robbie Thompson and illustrated by Nico Henrich. Uh, Henrik Henrik Hon. H e n r i c h o n. But great miniseries and Meet the Scrolls. Yeah, okay. that was one of those when that came out. I'm like. I think I'm going to start grabbing this because I have a weird feeling this is going to be the new Vision miniseries. Like, people are going to be, you know, like, talking about this in a little while. Didn't really have that effect, but, you know, it was a cool series to see come out and to realize, oh, it's tying into the MCU right now? Oh, hell yeah. So enjoy trying to buy that at conventions soon, Eddie, because it's going to be one of those books where it's on the wall for $30 an issue. No, thanks. Hold on. Let me check your good old pal eBay. You do that. Yeah, Eric Bay. I was going to add to uh, one of my next points was when Fury got beamed down to Earth, uh, we see his uh, a somewhat serious leg limp, and I didn't well, you know, know if they he say. caught limp, that. Limping ain't easy. But um, by the way, Eddie, uh, Meet the Scrolls number one is going for a buy it now price of eighteen dollars and ninety nine cents. Oh, bargain! Not really. I got it for four dollars <laughs> off the stand. It's a great. So you know, Eddie, I have to tell you that when he started limping. What I was expecting was it was a side effect of being back on Earth after all of that time in artificial gravity, but I've been known to overthink things. In the interest <laughs> of fairness, that's a good point to bring up. Yeah, yeah. Like, there might be, you know, different effects of for all of these characters. So, that, no, that's see, not a terrible idea. No, it's not, right. And Maria's saying, you know, welcome back to Earth. Um, what happens then... Uh, who do I have here? Fury going for a walk, and then the abduction, and Sonya, right? And another, uh, another location, three hundred twelve kilometers southwest of Moscow. Kilometers? That's uh, the uh, Canadian version of Miles Morales. Kilometers, Morales. Wow. Ba-da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. Oh boy. I don't know if there's any significance of that. No, it's not numerical configuration. No. But all right, fine. Well, well, you see, you know, this is another point where I overthink things because they say that. The scrolls can tolerate radiation. So they're hanging out in all these, you know, radioactive zones around, you know, deserted uh, nuclear power plants in Russia. And there's a ton of them, so you, they can't find where the, exactly the scrolls are. 
if there's so many of them, why don't and they can live there? Why don't they just let the scrolls live there? They can, you know, Russia's a pretty big place. Supposedly, there's a lot of these nuclear plants. Or, you know, do they want to terraform the planet? Or why? That didn't make logical sense to me. This show is brought to you by our Patreon. Go to Patreon.com/slash/TheMarvelists, and on the three dollar tier, you'll get access to episodes early and ad free. $5 tier gets you our two bonus shows. One, Fantastic Voyage, where we dissect and just talk about the 102 issues, one by one, although if it's a storyline more than one at a time, of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby's amazing, incredible, spectacular, invincible, and fantastic run of the Fantastic Four, the world's greatest comic magazine. And two, you haven't read that? A show dedicated to the comic books that I haven't read yet. Some Marvel, some DC, all fun. And on the $8 tier, pick a topic of your choosing, not a topping of your choice. Or perhaps you can be a guest on The Marvelists. Above all else, we thank you for your continued support. Well, a lot of it, too, is we don't know from, I think, uh, what was being alluded to at the beginning between Ross and Prescott, that having had the initial encounter with the Skrulls that we had in the MCU with Captain Marvel... There were this many of them. They seemed to be of a peaceful nature, but we didn't know how many others there were, which left you know quite a big opening for what could we do and you know turn it up a notch or so and, and make it turn into what this is now going to possibly turn into an invasion. Uh, you know, so we don't know who's a good scroll and a bad scroll, or as opposed to a good witch and a bad witch. They're all green skinned. What can I say? Which is which? Yeah, there you go. Another one. I see what you did there. So now, in regards to what else? Uh, the dirty bomb. Boom goes the dynamite. Isn't that from a oh, I love that song, name. a movie, no, or it's something? Not, it's not. A, it's not a song or a movie. It's mm-hmm. literally a guy uh, panicking at a college, uh, talking basketball on his local uh, college TV show, <laughs> okay. and he just goes, "Boom goes the dynamite," <laughs> and it sounds very unenthusiastic and just very awkward and bland. It's pretty funny. But it gets used in there towards towards later in the episode where uh, bombs are detonated in. I guess it's the big Moscow Square. And the uh, backpacks that they're trying to track, but what's a f- not a real backpack? This one is, or yeah, boom goes the dynamite again. Well, one of the funniest things, you know, I'm I'm looking up on uh, decider.com, you know, some of the Easter eggs of this episode, and in big letters that you have brought up earlier, Moscow, present day. No, it's not. It's not 2023. It's 2025 in the MCU. That's what's considered present day. Look at that. I I did not know because mm-hmm. that's why, like you know, the whole Thanos time jump. So that's going to be really interesting because, you know, if they're still going through this time period in 10 years or not 10 years, like maybe the next three or so years, it's going to be confusing. I feel like for some dumb people out there, that'll be confusing. Well, yeah. You need to be a real intellectual. You have to, you know, watch like Christopher Nolan movies like Oppenheimer, uh, get the Wappenheimer meal at Burger King. But a Thanos time jump instead of a Kang thing? Okay. Maybe. So here I go into my standard spiel. The, the situation that I have a hard time imagining is that this is a, a reality that has deviated from our own because you had, you know, the, the invasion of New York. You had, you know, the big blue stuff from uh, Ego coming over. You know, there's all this stuff. You know, you had the, the you know, the city get left up by Ultron. You know, you have all these uh, different things going on. 
So the the re, and, you know the blip, all of the 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 Marvel Cinematic Universe is now drastically different than our our current universe. So what happens is, is that I have a hard time imagining you know what the reality of those individuals in that universe is and how they are reacting things. But, I mean, you know, they know that, you know, Namor came around. And, you know, so it's like, do you see what I'm saying? It's vastly different than, you know, the, the 2023 we're sitting in or even the 2025 we're going to be in but because all these other cosmic and supernatural events have taken place. Mm-hmm. No, I understand that, too. And I was just thinking, too, going back to the actual title of what we don't know about the scrolls. You know, to me, resurrection implies you were dead. Uh, not just you came back from beyond uh, or just we haven't seen you in a while. Where you been? That's not a resurrection to me. So uh, we don't know if there were scrolls we didn't know about somewhere. And like I said, I keep going back to Captain Marvel, but we knew of a limited number of them. So there may be more to the title resurrection than we know right now. Or it reflects on what Maria Hill's going to do. How about that one? Hopefully. I, I hope that is the case. Mm-hmm. I think she's going to lie on the floor. For now. She's going to do her best of her uh, impression of uh, toys when they know Andy's coming back in the room in Toy Story. No, and just like and just like Maria Hill said to Natasha, she's going to want to see him. Or about Fury coming back. Yeah, okay. So let's talk about the president. So I'm pulling up over on uh, ScreenRant.com. I'm going to read this over to you guys. Secret Invasion Episode 1 features an appearance from James Rhodes slash War Machine, who is now the right-hand man to the President of the United States. The President named Ritson is played by Dermot Mulroney in Secret Invasion Episode 1. This is an Easter egg of sorts to Captain America, Brave New World, which, by the way, it's no longer New World Order. It's no longer F-F-F-O-Life, Fold Life. Huh. With Harrison Ford confirmed to be playing Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross mm-hmm. in the 2024 film. Ross has also been confirmed as the U.S. president in Brave New World, meaning something likely that happens to Ritson in Secret Invasion, leading to Ross taking office. So once again, we get to see Harrison Ford play a president, and I can't wait. I hope they get off his plane and other hackney jokes. <laughs> and, and other vehicles, yes, okay. I love Harry. Oh, could you imagine? My fellow Americans. Somebody kickstart my brain. Where did we see War Machine in the episode? In... In the episode. It was like in the middle of the episode. In the middle. Okay. Daddy, did you doze off? Did you go honk, shoo, honk, shoo, me, 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 me? It was late at night, and I don't know if I went back too far to try and rewind and say how we got 20 minutes We have to go back to the future. Okay. Brody was talking to the president as the president was walking, and the president was basically like, look, dude, you you take care of all of this. Okay. I need to rewatch it. My wife would want to watch it as well, so, yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, and, and let me say, uh, I'm going to rewatch this with Max and, and probably Dina as well. I, I watched it last night, so I could have this conversation with you, but, you know, the Marvel uh, streaming series are something that I enjoy with one or both of my kids, who are now no longer the Wonder Twins. They are officially the Teen Titans. Oh, I was going to say Wonder Teens. Maybe you could come up with your own moniker. No, Eddie, no. What's wrong with the Wonder Teens? I like the Wonder Twins. I mean, sorry, the uh, Teen Titans. Because it's a love letter to George Perez, the late, great George Perez. And Marv the Wolfman, Wolfman. Exactly. Yes, Marv the Wolfman. Right, yeah. Werewolves. We got you. Oh, London, even. Mm Mm-hmm. I hear that. Okay. Thank you. That's how how ears work. That joke sucked. You betcha. 
How dare you, sir? Like you said, ASS. So let's talk all the way by. Shut up. <laughs> I love the delay. <laughs> so also, I want to talk about how this is Nick Fury returning to Earth for the first time since Avengers Endgame. He's back on Earth. How about that? Huh? What did we say? No eye patch. No eye patch required. Oh, kind of like that uh, album by that guy. You Phil. know, you know the one I'm talking about. Phil, but it was yeah, a jacket. Yeah, uh, Phil Sterling. Yes. Uh, so. Phil Connors, Groundhog Day. Okay, Bill Murray. Oh, that's every day in my life. <laughs> but now, in regards to that, you know, what they bring up in the article is an interesting Easter egg in Secret Invasion Episode 1 hints at Fury's character arc for the series. They revealed that Nick Fury has been absent from Earth since Thanos' In Avengers Infinity War. Aside from Tony Stank's funeral, this saw Fury neglect his promise to the Skrulls and Talos along with Captain Marvel. The fact that Fury has not been to Earth is an Easter egg to his character, that being that Fury has apparently changed since the blip, having a crisis of faith within himself. Losing his religion and eye patch. Well, I, I think that the, that was a discussion that, that Maria had with him about being different, and uh, the British operative uh, Sonia had with him. So, you know, they're basically saying, you're not the same guy since the blip. And, uh, so that that being the character arc makes a lot of sense that they're setting that up. Yeah, I recall that now that you said not being the same person since the... Yeah, I get it. So more to unfold, hopefully. And finding out more about Talos' daughter, because she's like anti-Talos. It's like a conflict of father and daughter, I think, in what we saw. Because she's taking a, a different side of this whole, you know, evolving issue and so on. And, you know, it's kind of funny because this episode also includes uh, the Infinity War post credit scene of, you know, mother, and then, you know, he just mm. go fades like dust in the wind. It's a it's good song by Kansas. It is, you know, and also Todd Rundgren. But in regards to the whole uh, dust and the blip, I like seeing that, and I like seeing that overall large continuity of this. Like, you know... It gives you that friendly reminder of what happened before, mm -hmm. you know, and it's it is needed. That's about it for me for that. So on to the next topic at hand. So we're going to be so, talking about. <laughs> um, I'm I'm not familiar with uh, the program that Fury was wa was working on on the space station. Saber. Saber. Um, is is that that is the the extraterrestrial version of shield is that correct well i know it was sword and sword was in one of the other ones and that's also by the way a kind of neat little crossover with uh the x-men so yeah looking forward to something with that soon but well, it wasn't with the tv uh, agents of shield in there too not that i no, saw that, does, that it doesn't count anymore okay. agent no like legitimately they decanonized it mm. like everything it's like nope what's his name still long dead mm. colson so he's still dead mm-hmm He's just chilly. Um, so yeah. we went from shield to sword to saber. Yeah, you know weapons. You know maybe we'll get with some nunchucks or is, some. You is know it the S A B E R or the S A B R E S E B S A B E R. Okay. Maybe we can get some mace. You know, Chris Chan comes by and sprays it in somebody's eyes. Who knows? It'll all be fun. But you know, during the opening scene of Secret Invasion episode one, Everett Ross. And by the way, I'm reading off of uh, my iPad for this. Good. Everett Ross mentions that Nick Fury is off world with saber. This is a reference to the space station Fury. Was seen it was seen on in the post credit scene for Mar or for Spider well it is Marvel Spider Man Far From Home. Mm. Similarly, the organization is not found in Marvel Comics. Instead, linking to the trailer 
for the Marvels in which Saber is referenced. The trailer opens with a shot of the Saber station, naming it as such for the first time despite being set and releasing after a secret invasion, linking Fury stories across both the Disney Plus and the Marvels. Oh, so there's a reason I don't know about it. It's yeah. new. It's it's new, but I feel like it's, you know, a renamed sword. Okay. All right. No, that that and I was familiar with sword, so I feel better now. Uh, that, you know, I, I haven't lost any of my geek cred. You're feeling better? Did you take? Did you drink some ginger ale? Yeah, I did. Okay. Works for me every so, time. Uh, right, it's the best. You know, a little tummy ache. You're just like, oh man, I want the brioski is not handy. Oh, I got some Schweppes. <laughs> well, um, Eddie, what's your ginger ale of choice? <laughs> Schweppes is fine. Schweppes. It could be. Uh, it could be. Oh, geez, who else? Is out? Not Poland Spring. That's water. <laughs> yes, it is. But the green label must have thrown you off. You thought ginger sure ale? Sure did. Actually, I have to tell you, I don't drink Seagram's. any kind of soda, so I haven't had ginger ale in about nine years. Ooh, la-di-da, Mr. I have self-respect for my body. Ooh, Stop. la-la. Well, let's not go there, yeah. You can say this with me or by yourself to Peter Stu. You stop that. How dare you, sir. But anyway, let's talk about Everett Ross being revealed a scroll and, again, at the topic at hand, or at the uh, article at hand that I'm reading off of from ScreenRant.com. While Ross's inclusion in Secret Invasion Episode 1 is not an MCU Easter egg in and of itself, the reveal that he's actually a Skrull is. At the end of the opening sequence, Ross kills Prescott before revealing himself as a Skrull to stop the CIA from finding out about the Skrull invasion on Oith. This makes sense when taking into account the events of Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Mm. At the end of that film, Ross was arrested by the CIA for treason, with the Wakandans breaking him out. This would make Ross's work with the CIA in Secret Invasion Episode 1 make no sense, if not for the reveal that a scroll was impersonating him. And now you know so, yeah. the rest of the story. Or as much as we have at this point, yes. So, with that, you know, it's a nice little twists and turns, because why wouldn't you do something like that? Why wouldn't you have him be... You, It makes you question everything, and... I'm wondering now, are we going to be getting one of the major, the bigs in the MCU, like one of the, you know, main capes, show up and it's revealed that they're a scroll? Because, yes, you know, you have all of these government agents, you have this, you have that, you have these spies. Why not really ramp up the stakes? Because in the comic books, you have Elektra, and Elektra's revealed to be a scroll this entire time. I think it'd be kind of cool to see them do it with one of the big ones. Maybe, like... Lower the stakes a little, also for the fact that, hey, you can afford him compared to all the other ones, but bring in Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye and have him be like, oh, shit, guys, I'm green. <laughs> you know? That think, would be an audacious move. I that, think that would, it absolutely would. And also, I, I have to ask, uh, uh, the whole thing with putting the people that are being duplicated in those pods with, like, the electricity going into their temples, uh, that's a new technology, isn't it? Uh, have it looked, we seen that before? So over on Decider.com, if I can pull up the article. Oh, okay. Uh, let me see. They actually talk about that in there as well as a quote-unquote Easter egg. But No, to see that going down the hallway, whatever it was, where you had these you know, standing up people next the, to... The mind-sucking pods. That, yeah. They, that was super creepy, wasn't it? Uh, Yeah, yeah. that looked like very jellyfish, gelatinous type of electrified goo, goo whatever. Uh, so they they say, you can clearly see the art slash arms dealer Vasily uh, Popryshchin 
in one of them way before he, or rather a scroll posing as him, uh, shows up later in the episode. It would be worth studying the blurry faces of everyone in those pods so you can keep an eye out for some more scroll imposters. Mm. So that's one of those, like, you know, pause, play, pause, play, pause, <laughs> yes, play. Right. Uh-huh. So it's kind of cool to see, again, you know, all these little techniques of what they're doing with these characters. I think it's a nice little technique that might be otherwise overlooked by, you know, other people in the audience, such as myself. Um, Me too. Well, I, I think it what's interesting is that they're definitely going back to kind of the spy, thriller, you know, conspiracy type of uh, genre, which which is good. I mean, you know, we had a couple of different um, uh, genres so uh, in the last couple of movies, and that, now we have this more, you know, adult-leaning um, uh, thriller, and, uh, and I like the fact that with the movies and the streaming services that uh, you can do this, uh, the series, that you can basically explore different types of genres uh, within the whole Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe. And, you know, speaking of adults, or at least adults playing teenagers, you have Spider-Man, Peter Parker. And I thought it was kind of neat. There's actually a little Easter egg, a reference over to Spider-Man Far From Home, because you see Sonya Fallsworth, and again, per Decider.com, during his impromptu meeting with Sonya Fallsworth, Nick Fury tells her that his drink of choice is bourbon. Sonya says he's getting bottom-shelf piss for destroying my very expensive flat, to which Fury corrects her by pointing out that all of her city was destroyed, not just her apartment. Sonya is referring to the events of Spider-Man Far From Home and Mysterio's attack on London. And she associates Fury with the event because Fury, quote-unquote, was there when it was actually a scroll. Mm. It's like... Talos, wasn't it? Was uh, Talos? Because I, I haven't seen the movie in so long, so I don't remember. Mm. I thought it was Talos. Because, because um, I think it oh. was Talos and his wife. Um, well, the article says, we know that Fury was actually Talos. So yes, you are correct, sir. And I okay. am a terrible Marvel fan. Excellent. Not for me. <laughs> but. <laughs> it happens. Happens to the best of us, and somehow I'm always at my worst. But in regards to, you know, that, again, I love the interconnecting of all of this. I feel like the idea of this, that movie, Far From Home, over the last few years has kind of been overlooked because, you know, we, it is a good movie, and it's personally one of my all-time favorite Spider-Man movies. It's up there in at least the top five, give or take. So, you know, you know, you know. If you know, you know. You know. I actually like it more than uh, Spider-Verse. Or, uh, not Spider-Verse. That's nice. No, that's not nice. Uh, I actually like uh, Far From Home way more than, uh, what's it called? No Way Home. I, I think that the the turn, when you see that Mysterio is a villain, is one of the best kind of reveals slash surprises in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I, I just, that was really uh, tough to see, and uh, and even though going in, of course, I know Mysterio's a bad guy. I mean, you know, I I have been reading comics for, for years, but you know, in any case, um, uh, I just think that the way uh, it was played in the movie was very well done. Medium rare, even. <laughs> okay. Ba-da-da-da-da-da. We're going to Gotham City Diner. Uh, yeah, it's after the fact when this is listened to, but yes, Garden State Comic Fest. After Fest Food, mm. Fairlawn, New Jersey. Hell yeah, that is a very fair lawn. <laughs> it's the fairest lawn of all. And a nice place to eat, so yeah. 
So now, Eddie, what else with this episode do you want to talk about? Uh, I think we're good for this one, and uh, give it a second round to try and absorb some more info. And... I am going to be watching it again, because it, it's a solid seven and a half right now. But I will say, by the way, I want to talk about, what's her name? Uh, Emily. Uh, da, 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 or no, sorry, Amelia Clark. Mm-hmm. And I kind of love the fact that Homegirl leaves uh, the Game of Thrones uh, universe with its wonderful and just oh-so-nice fandom to come over to Marvel with its wonderful and oh-so-nice fandom. There's no such thing as complaints in the Marvel universe with uh, the fandom. There's no such thing as tired complaints. There's no such thing as tired complaints that I might have made a bingo card and put it up on Twitter and Reddit. Who remembers Peter Mill that can't shut up? Oh, exactly. What a great show it was <clears throat> for all five people that listened. But so in regard... I was going to say all how many uh, times you yeah, did an episode. No, I tried to do a lot. But I digress. Anyway. Yeah, you know, I think... Uh, it's a good start, but the thing is, in regards to the Marvel Universe, this isn't really my bag. Like, I like the spy stuff in small doses, but it's not, you know, what really gets me going with a lot of Marvel. Like, I like the cosmic stuff. I like the street-level stuff. I kind of don't give a shit about espionage. I really don't. Mm-hmm. And that's okay if you do, and that's okay if I don't. And... I feel like the espionage stuff is some of the most overlooked stuff in the Marvel Universe, although we do have a lot of it in terms of now formerly canon uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but it's there. It's there if you want to watch it, and it's it's a thing, but I just, I'm not into it, like, I, you know, compared to the other things. And, and the thing is, is that this is something to consider. This is not my favorite, you know, part of the... MCU as well. I mean, it was an okay series. I'm going to watch the other five episodes. That, you know, I wasn't as interested in, in it as like I was in a She-Hulk because that's a character that I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bigger fan of. But the fact that we can say, yeah, we watched this and it wasn't great, but the ver- there's such an abundance of pop culture material that, it, 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 I, you know, you know, twelve year old in the 70s, waiting a whole year to go to the one Comic-Con in New York City, I would have been amazed. Well, you, there was a, a show about Marvel Comics, and you weren't, like, super excited about it. And it's, we, we, we live in a time of an abundance of riches, and, and yeah. I think that one of the things because of that, because they have to keep pumping out the content, you're going to have some things that are a little bit better, and you're going to have some things that are a little worse. But, you know, you're just going to have a lot of content. Yeah, absolutely. And I like that about this. I think, you know, I didn't really care much for Loki, but other people did. But then again, you know, I go over, I'm like, oh, I love the hell out of WandaVision. Oh, I love the hell out of Moon Knight. You can get what you want, and it's kind of cool. Like, it's not really espionage. Well, it was espionage, but, like, most of what I liked about uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier was the kickassery of it all, where, you know, it's punch and kick and boom and loud noises and explosions. And there's sometimes a little bit of espionage shit, but I ignored it. But wasn't some of that or one of the big, I think, things about Winter Soldier? Oh, yeah. That made it maybe attractive to other fans who weren't so much big in comics, but that kind of... The espionage stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, Winter Soldier, in my opinion, and, you know... No disrespect meaning needed towards the people behind this show, but the writing was better. The writing was better in The Winter Soldier, and I prefer that. I wasn't as, you know, quote-unquote, honk-shoe, honk-shoeing with Winter Soldier as I was with uh, this show. 
Mm-hmm. And it was it was passive. I I actually uh, take back my seven point five. I give it a six point five. Mm. It's not great, but it's also not bad either. But it's also slow. It went so slow. Um, yeah, because you, Eddie, you never talk about how long an episode is. <laughs> I never hear that on this here. It's fifty four minutes. Think any of the other ones are gonna be shorter? We don't get that from Eddie very often. <laughs> Eddie's just sitting there like, you know, uh, I do have no. to get my Halloween decorations ready. And Eddie, by the, <laughs> I got a story to tell you off mic later on about okay. a neighbor of yours. Okay. But anyway, I think that's going to wrap this episode up. Eddie, actually, before we go, Eddie, what did you think of the episode? I don't know. In terms of numbers, um, are we looking out of 10, I suppose? So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'd go with, um, uh, because I need to be maybe a contrarian. Seven. Sure. I'll do seven out of ten. Why not? Uh, again, needs another watch to get more out of it, and uh, you know, at an earlier time to to catch it too, because it it did kind of sneak up on you. No, I feel like it did sneak up. Like this was one of the most under promoted shows that they've done. I was not aware. Of, I was more aware of the Stan Lee documentary coming out than I was this. And I think maybe within two weeks of it starting is when I realized, oh, okay, this is what's next. Yeah. Or reminded me of what's next. And it's funny because, you know, we, you know, Stu, you mentioned earlier on, like, you know, there's like 75,000 different shows of the MCU. In the interest of fairness, this year we've had that drought. And it's, as a content creator, I've kind of liked it because of the fact, oh, shit, I don't really have to do that much editing this week. Just have to, you know, put out this one or this one. (laughs) Now it's every week you will all be hearing us and then on top of our regular episodes. So... It's a good thing, though. I like it. Uh-huh. Keeps me busy. Keeps my editing finger, you know, not rusty. That'd be disgusting if I had rust on my hand. But I digress. All right. Final thoughts, Stu? Well, I think um, it's interesting. You know, Samuel L. Jackson is a god of acting. I'm always interested in watching him. You know, I'll continue to watch it. Um, but, you know, like I said, um, uh, not my, you know, one hundred percent favorite, but you know it's not. But you know the Eternals, so that's okay. So. Anything is better than the Eternals. Putting it all in perspective, still, I like that. That's good. It, you know, it had a good start, a good premise, a good opening, and so on, and kind of, you know, hit bottom in a sort in a way through the through this episode. But then at the end, left you with, oh God, Maria. Yeah, Maria. Yeah, Maria, yeah. Maria. Yes, Santana. Good song. What's yeah? Now what? So but, hanging in the sense there. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I'm going to continue to watch, and, you know, um, I think that uh, I probably what I've never done before, but I may do for this one, is I may watch it all at one time to see if the story makes a cohesive whole, mm-hmm. but we'll see what happens. Then again, if each episode is 55 minutes, I probably won't have time to do that. Yeah, I hear that. Mm-hmm. So now before we go, Stu, once again, thank you for returning to the program. Well, it's it, it's my pleasure, and you know, um, basically, uh, I really enjoy talking pop culture with you. I also enjoy talking pop culture with my kids, uh, Max and Dina, the Teen Titans. So, if people want to hear some of our podcasts, you can go on a YouTube or a SoundCloud, where we actually have a Facebook page for the Stewing It podcast, and you're welcome to come and listen, and my kids are much more entertaining than I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, stewing It, S-T-U-I-N-G? S-T-U-I-N-G. 
S-C-U apostrophe I-N-G. I had a feeling that was in there, too. Okay, got it. All right, so that's going to wrap up our episode for this week of No Eye Patch Required, a Secret Invasion podcast. By the way, I've been a scroll this entire time. Oh, my gosh. I know. <sighs> Me, too. Eddie, what about you? I am who I am. That's it. And I can't stand no more. That's what I am. I'm strong to the finish because I eats me spinach. That's green too. Like a scrolling man. Toot toot. For the Marvelists, I'm Peter Melnick. I'm Stu Greenberg. And I'm Eddie Wilson. Excelsior. Wait a minute, you're a scroll? Or is it? Ooh, that was good. Why did I talk over that?